Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in life today. Here we are on a Thursday night. I was literally about to say Monday. I'm thinking to myself, hold up, what day it is? Oh yeah, it's Thursday. You know, like Joey from Friends say, Monday, first day, Tuesday, two day, Wednesday, what, huh? No, Wednesday, Thursday. (laughs) I literally almost forgot. The fact that I've been running around because today marks the release of not only the PS5, but you know, Spider-Man Miles Morales and all the other exclusive games that are out for the PS5 right now. So the funny thing is, you know, I grabbed my compression shirt because I do have a Miles Morales compression shirt. I, uh, you know, I, I just wanted to get into the groove. I wanted to get into the mindset. I wanted to get into the mindset of Miles Morales because I want to get this game so badly. Thing is, I got it for the PS4 because I want to save the PS5 for next year. Considering that there is so much high demand to get that right now, I definitely wanted to take my time. Not to mention, there are a few glitches and a few shit that's been going on with the PS5. Like, apparently if it has a lot of storage, it now breaks on you. Or the fact that it blows up or something. I don't know, some bullshit that's going on that they need a little bit more time to fix. But anyway, I searched over and went to GameStop. Because remember, I pre-ordered the game like a few months ago. Like I said I was. And I was going to go pick up the game. And it turns out... That I went to a few GameStops, and it wasn't until someone told me when they looked at my order number that I've already pre-ordered it digitally. So, I'm literally running around like a fucking chicken with his head cut off, and I get back home, and I go into my library in my PlayStation Network, and then I looked at it, and I'm like, oh wow, I did download the fucking thing. So, (laughs) yeah, that's that's the day that I've had. I bought it in in a digital copy. And I downloaded it, it took me about a good two hours, and I was playing the game, and holy shit, is the game good thus far. I don't want to spoil anything, I'm sure you guys have already got spoiled enough with the trailers and all the featurettes and everything, but this is a game that I definitely want to take my time with, and I'm actually happy that I get to play this game now. And as I said before, I'm going to take my time with it, when I finish it completely, or... When I know that I'm well enough to review it thus far, I will. So, there is that. But aside from everything else, aside from that happy-go-lucky moment that I had, we have to talk about what today is. Today is November 12th, and it marks the two-year anniversary of Stanley's death. And the whole episode is not going to be about him. There's going to be something else that we're going to talk about in addition, but... You know, I just wanted to get this off my chest on the fact that you, I'm trying my best not to get emotional here. And I think I will save it for like a small portion later on in the show, but it, it still bothers me or to be exact, it still affects me that we lost an icon and I get it. He was 95 years old and I get it. You know, he it it was only a matter of time but still like to lose someone like that 
someone that had revolutionized and changed and impacted not only my life but everyone's life in the world of comic books and in the world of superheroes in general, it fucking hurts, man. It really does. So I'm going to speak more about him later on. In addition to that, we have a lot of stuff to go through. We have, we finally have a date for WandaVision. So there's that. We finally have a date. We have my thinking process on who can replace Mira in Aquaman 2 if for any reason, if for any reason, they decide to recast Amber Heard. It's an obvious answer that I think everyone knows, but I'm going to give my reasons as to why I believe so. And in addition, Zack Snyder came out the other day and said that he has big plans. Big plans for Justice League 2. Will it happen? I honestly don't know. But we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. All that plus our superhero quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get our shoutouts out of the way, shall we? And today, I want to give a main shoutout to Lucia Lobosvia. Lobosvia. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that last name. I am so bad when it comes to mispronouncing last names. So... It's a sickness, I know. But Lucia Lobosvia. Lobosvia. L-O-B-O-S-V-I-L-L-A. Lobosvia. Yes, shout out to her. I spoke to her today. She is a voice actor, a writer, and a director. Really good at what she does. She will possibly be a guest on the podcast sometime next week. We have to figure out exactly what the scheduling is. So far, I've spoken to her for about a couple of weeks, but I can already tell from her personality. I can already tell from her videos that she puts on Twitter. She's a good human being. She's strong. She has been through a lot, but she's a comic book fan. She loves superheroes like me and like others. So I am thrilled to announce that hopefully sometime next week or the week after, depending on what her schedule is, she will be a guest on the podcast. And I am excited to have her on the show. If you guys want to follow her, if you want to look her up, if you want to be a fan of hers, just go to at Lucia Lobos Villa on her Twitter. You won't be disappointed. She knows what she's doing. She knows her stuff. And as always, if you need a voice actress, she could be the one to go to. So once again, that's at Lucia Lobos Villa, L-U-C-I-A-L-O-B-O-S-V. I-L-L-A. As it states on her profile right now, she's a voice actor, a writer, a director, loves science, hates anyone who cooks avocados, <laughs> and wants to pet your dog. So there you go, right there. Seems like a genuine person. Can't wait to have her on the podcast. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's go dive into our meat of the episode. And we are going to start by talking about Stan the Man Lee. That comes up right in a bit. It's going to be very hard for me to continue to talk about this without getting super, super emotional, but I'm going to try my best to compose myself in that aspect. I remembered October of 2016 
and I believe it was either my second or third New York Comic Con appearance. I believe it was my second. Even though I've been to a bunch already, it's hard for me to keep track. And I heard at the very last minute that Stanley was going to be there. Now, if you've been to Comic-Con, you know that every time when you want to meet either a celebrity or someone of importance, someone that you look up to, it's very fucking hard for you to even get a chance of doing it. I think you have to go through the New York Comic Con's website and you have to find out who is on the panels and then you have to pay a significant fee in order to get in and then you have to wait online around people that for some odd fucking reason just doesn't bathe at all. What is it with people that when they're in gigantic crowds and I get it they're wearing costumes, they're cosplaying and they want to, you know, like me, I... You know, I wear face paint, I dress up every time, but whenever I'm surrounded by different people, for some odd reason, they don't fucking shower. It's fucking disgusting. God damn. But anyway, just let me continue with the story. And I heard that Stan was going to be there. And I was excited as shit, but I couldn't get in. I, I, I couldn't wait online until I, I had a specific ticket in order to meet him and I was so pissed off at myself. So I go onto the main hall and then you just see these black screens, those dividers that basically separates you from everybody else, right? And then you see Stan Lee. First of all, I go to the side because these black screens, they're clearly see-through. Like if you think they're not see-through, they're fucking see-through. And I just saw Stan Stan the man Lee just sitting there and everyone is taking pictures and everyone is, you know, uh, opposing with him and they're saying thank you and they're saying, you know, you've changed my life for the better and whatever diehard fans or even other fans, casual fans, whatever they say, because it's, it's a moment. It's a moment that you realize that you just met the greatest hero that you could ever fucking meet. And... When I was standing there next to this black divider and I could see through him and I realized, oh my god, this guy is literally three feet next to me. Just three feet without this fucking divider just in my way. And then I saw him and I desperately want to like, you know, just rip out through that thing and just go through and, and just just shake his hand, you know, just ju- just just get that super aura of someone that inspired you to to, to love and to do what you do. That was the closest that I've ever had in meeting Stan Lee. And come to find out around a couple of days later, that was his last New York Comic Con appearance. His last one. Now, I'm sure others know his reasons. I'm sure many diehard fans know their reasons, but... I guess for me, it was satisfying because one, as I said, I was very, very close to him at that time. But two, I respected his decision. Whatever reasons that he had for having his last Comic-Con appearance, I respected him for what he was doing. I respected him for the decisions that he was making. And ever since then, I always look forward to seeing a Stanley cameo in every Marvel movie that I saw. Every single one. You know, it's us apart from the MCU or the X-Men or the earlier Spider-Man films. I always look forward to every Stanley cameo. And I think my favorite one out of all of them was probably... I have two of them. 
One was the Spider-Man Homecoming one where he's, you know, uh, Spider-Man is causing a ruckus in the neighborhood. He got a, he got the car. He was trying to chase after a criminal and then he made a mistake. And then Stan Lee goes, don't you make me come down there, you punk. I can't do a Stan Lee voice. I, that'd be, I, I, I'd be fucking disrespectful. And then uh, next door neighbor is like, hello, Stan. Marjorie, how are you? How's your mother? <laughs> I don't know why, but every time my best friend and I, we watch that scene, we can't help but laugh because it's, it's fucking awesome. My second uh, favorite Stanley cameo would have to be at Thor Ragnarok when he's about to shave Thor's hair and he has this gigantic fucking mechanism as a hand and it, it was it was funny. It was it was fucking awesome. It really was. I believe the last cameo that I ever saw him in was probably Venom and he turns to Eddie Brock and he says, you two are made for each other. Don't let each other go. Something along those lines. And when I heard about his passing, it really, really hit me that someone that I idolize, someone that I'm basing my identity, my brand, his, I'm basing his work, his legacy as a brand, as an identity that I have because I'm the superhero guy. I'm a comic book guy, just like you. Just like all of us. And to hear that he was gone from the world. That that was something that it was hard for me to get through. It really was. You know, because as I said, I was like three feet next to him. And maybe deep down, I just wanted that chance to maybe have coffee with him. Or maybe, you know, talk to him. How is he doing? How's the family? How's the business? You know, is there anything, is there anything he's looking forward to? You know, how is Hollywood life? What stresses? Is there anything he wants to talk about? You know, something like a friendly conversation because I'm sure many celebrities get the same thing where, you know, oh, can I take a picture? Can I take a picture with you? Can I take a picture? And I can understand it gets a little bit overdone and over redundant. But I guess with me is if there's one person that I always want to bring back, it would be him. For someone that really started started something because he was passionate about it, he loved writing, and he would say it all the time, like, you would go on YouTube, and there are tons of videos devoted to him, he loved storytelling, he loved writing, he was very passionate about what he was doing, you know, he's a veteran of the army, he drew cards. I don't know if he drew cards. I'm sure he did. But him with a lot of co-creators, Steve Ditko and so many others. And people ask him, well, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? And his number one would always be Spider-Man. Because when he created Spider-Man, and you know this already, but I'm going to repeat it. When he created Spider-Man, he wanted someone to be more relatable to the audience. He wanted someone, a character that he created to actually have real life problems, relationships, uh, hard to pay rent, not being able to find a job, you know, someone that we can all relate to in some way, shape or form. And of course, he goes on where he says he loves the Fantastic Four. He loves X-Men. He loves, you know, the Silver Surfer and he loves everyone because he, there's a, they're a part of him. 
And that's something that when we create something, we give a piece of ourselves into what we create, to what we write, to what we build, to everything. And I remember that time, and I was three feet away from him. I remember it was hard for me to grasp that he left us. But he's in the heavens, and we continue to live out his legacy the best we can. Every time we play a game, or every time we cosplay, or every time we mention something, something that involves Marvel in general, it's because of him. And he shaped my life, he shaped our lives, he shaped all of us in terms of who we are and what we love today currently. And we continue to love further down the line. And I'm sure he had a lot of trials and tribulations. I'm sure he did. It's like anybody else. But he never gave up. He never gave up. He continued to move forward because he knew that as long as he put smiles upon people's faces, and as long as someone, whether a little boy or a little girl or someone that loves his work, to turn around and say thank you, that was something that could never, ever be taken away from him. Never. So, I don't have a glass right now, and I know I'm going a little bit too long on this, but I just want to say thank you, Stan Lee. Thank you so much for partially making me who I am today. And your work will live on, whether it's your company, whether it's your children, your children's children, but most importantly, your fans, us. We thank you. We love you. You will always, always be missed and never, ever forgotten. Wow, that was a lot for me to jam pack. (laughs) But anyway... Let me continue on with the rest of the news since we got about, I would say, about a good 10 minutes left. So WandaVision has a date, January 15th. That is the date. So mark your calendars down, which means it's the first time since 2009 where we don't have any, any Marvel content at all in the year of 2020 because of, you guessed it, COVID. Now... Due to the fact that they just wrapped up, which means I'm sure they're in post-production right now. I will say that it gives us something to look forward to. Because 2020 is nearly over. We get through Thanksgiving, we get through Christmas, and January will come in. And we're going to be counting down the days with everything that goes on. Because in 2021, I believe we have like 8 types of content, whether it's movies or Marvel shows... That's going to be coming out. We got WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the Marvel's What If storyline. We got the Spider-Man movie. We got so much content. 2021 is the new year of superheroes. Mark my words. Mark my words. It's going to be exciting. And according to sources, certain sources, WandaVision is going to feature a lot of favorites from Marvel Phase 1 to Phase 3 all the way till now. 
And hopefully they kickstart in terms of what we're going to look forward to for Marvel Phase 4 and 5. It's exciting. I can't wait. I love Scarlet Witch. I love Vision. You know, I, I love pretty much anything to do with them. And WandaVision, if, they, if what they say is true, and it's going to pay a lot of homages to a lot of sitcoms, which, by the way, is very interesting because I've been watching a lot of Friends and Everybody Loves Raymond clips. You know, it just goes starts that there was reported that they actually had to film either a couple of episodes with a live crowd and they had to sign strict, strict non-disclosure agreements to, to shut the fuck up and not say a word. Because let's face it, they don't want to be like that girl that said something about Miss Marvel, if you remember that. So this is exciting. January 15th. Can't come fast enough. Moving on, we're going to steer clear a little bit from Marvel and go straight to DC Comics. Justice League 2, where Zack Snyder says he has plans for it. And according to Screen Rant, according to a couple of sources from them, Zack Snyder is heavily, heavily vested into Darkseid. Because we're going to see a lot of him, or a piece of him, during his Zack Snyder Cut miniseries sometime early to mid next year. I would say I would say uh, April or May of 2021. Now, what are those plans? I have no fucking clue. Is it going to happen? I have no idea. But according to those sources, Darkseid is going to be the heavily focus and he has plans on where he wants to take him for Justice League 2. And if you truly think about it, it's nearly similar, I believe, it's nearly similar to what the directors for Avengers Endgame and Infinity War did with Thanos. Now, can you say he's copying? I don't know, because Thanos and Darkseid are very similar. They're basically comic book opposites, or counterparts, so to speak. So, what they're going to do with Darkseid, I have no clue. I think... If there is going to be a part two and they do focus on Darkseid just a little bit more than the actual heroes, we better see Planet Apocalypse. I would love to see Planet Apocalypse. I want Darkseid to wreak havoc upon everybody where the fact that Darkseid needs to be Darkseid, have him look for the anti-life equation, have somehow fuck everyone up, including Superman. Because let's face it, they portrayed him very well in the Justice League animated series. They could portray him in this movie too. But we'll see if part two actually happens. And if it does happen, that pretty much is in conglomerate, if that's even a word. That's pretty much in conjunction if the miniseries of Justice League actually succeeds next year. And if it does succeed, then that means that Warner Brothers can have faith in Zack Snyder again to actually take this project to where it needs to go. So, like anything else, we'll see what happens. Last piece of this podcast episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Mira. And I know I said a lot about this in the last episode where, where Warner Brothers may take Amber Heard and I honestly do believe that they're going to kill her off either early. And if they're not going to kill her off, if they still need Mira for Aquaman 2, if they still need Mira maybe even for Aquaman 3, if there is going to be a third movie, what if they decide to recast her? 
Now, I get it. I get it. You're probably thinking, well, we should not be recasting certain, certain, uh, you know, actors because of the emotional connectivity. I get that. But as I said, there are some exceptions to this rule. And we don't really connect to Mira as much as we connect to Aquaman or any of the other, you know, diehard characters in terms of the main characters. You know what I mean? Unless you are a hardcore Mira fan, if you love Aquaman the comics, and if you're a hardcore Mira fan, that's the only exception. But here's what I think. If they do recast her, I would say Emilia Clarke, you know, Daenerys from Game of Thrones, I think she would be the perfect candidate. I think she would be perfect. I mean, let's face it. There's a guy called Boss Logic, and he, what he does is he creates art. Shout out to him, by the way. His name is Boss Logic, and he creates art. And I love art, so I check out his work. And he recreated, basically, Emilia Clarke's image as Mira. And I'm like, holy shit, that's actually perfect. Then I thought about it a little bit, more and more and more, and I'm like, you know what? Why not? Why can't Emilia Clarke be Mira? You know, because, let's face it, Daenerys... Uh, characterizations or personality is very very similar to Mira hot tempered but she's kind she's loyal very sympathetic she gets shit done she takes her duty seriously and let's face it the mother of dragons can also be the queen of Atlantis what what my guy that'd be fucking perfect and I support that I really do. Because let's face it, it will get the stain, the the distaste of fucking female Hitler. And you know what I'm talking about. Season 8, Game of Thrones. It can get that shit out of our mouth. And we can actually see Amelia Clark as a dominant figure. A wife who's supportive. Who's a counselor. And like I said, who's fucking badass. A queen of Atlantis, the mother of dragons. From one show to the queen of Atlantis in another. It'd be fucking perfect. Not to mention, and let's face facts here. Amelia Clark, behind the scenes of Game of Thrones, Amelia Clark and Jason Momoa actually have great chemistry towards each other. I mean, hell, both of them were very uncomfortable doing that rape scene in the first season. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. They were very uncomfortable doing that. And... Even when she was having her medical condition with the... I think she had an aneurysm. And she nearly got recasted after the first season of Game of Thrones. If memory serves me correctly, if it wasn't an aneurysm, it was something else. But she had a serious medical condition. And Jason Momoa was really looking out for her. You know, he was really looking out for her well-being. And those two hit it off very well. So if they can work together very well in that show, imagine the dynamic of those two of what they can do with Aquaman 2, possibly Aquaman 3, if it does come out. I mean, hell, Amelia Clark, I know there is a petition, which I did state in the last episode, I know there is a petition to remove Amber Heard from Aquaman 2, Let's have a petition to put Amelia Clark in as Mira. Why not? I think it'd be perfect. I mean, who knows? Maybe if the fans speak up, maybe I should get a petition going. If the fans speak up and can actually make this happen, and if James Wan or Warner Brothers, if you 
If you want Amelia Clark to, if you want the Mother of Dragons to be your Queen of Atlantis, you know what to fucking do, man. You know what to do. And I get it, some of the people, they're going to be hating, some of the trolls and everybody else, they're going to be like, oh, she doesn't have what it takes to be Mira. Yeah, and you do? And you do? What the fuck are you doing with your life? Fucking troll. Come on. Come on. Give it a chance. Give her a chance. You know? But like I said, this all is done if she gets recasted. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for this episode on Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. You know what to do. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, once again, we have our Facebook group. It is OTC Fanatics. That is OTC Fanatics. You can join. If you have any questions, comments, if you have something that you want to promote, if there's something that you want to talk about, something that you feel passionately about, you know how to do it. Go on Facebook, OTC Fanatics, talk to me, talk to my friends, post something if you want, just please be respectful is the only thing I ask. And if you have anything you want to ask me, you can hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'm very, very close to maybe deleting the OTC Volume 2 from Instagram and Twitter for the simple reason that I kind of want both to be into one and actually show myself as, you know, one source. If for any reason it gets very confusing. But we'll see what happens in the next few days. Because I still have some tests to deal with that. In any case, hit me up. Mike Garcia VO on Twitter or Instagram. Or OTC Volume 2. Volume completely spelled with the number 2. But you already know that. Like we do about this time. Let's get our superhero quote of the day. And this one is, of course, from the great Stanley himself. I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to medical careers. And then I began to realize, entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they might go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain people, you're doing a good thing. I have no reaction to that. It's self-explanatory. It basically states within itself. So however that quote means to you, it means so much to me as well. Guys, have a great weekend. Tune in Monday night where we will talk more comic book news that relates to movies, games, shows, or whichever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it. Stay safe. Till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.